You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You know, that's a great question. I mean, I think, I think the, the lead was so early that it, you know, you have so much game left that inevitably, I mean, we were down 30-something at their place last year and had a chance to win. I mean, it's so hard to rest on the laurels of a lead in this league. It's just they go too quick, um, especially when, you know, was it in the first quarter that we had the 18-point lead? So, you know, there's a lot of game left to be played. We just didn't play well enough. Celtics blow it. They lose a tough one to the Dallas Mavericks, 106-102. This is the Garden Report, powered by Grandstand on Celtics Blog and CLNS Radio. What's going on, everybody? I am not Jared Weiss. He couldn't be with us tonight. He couldn't find parking, believe it or not. He's been driving around for the last four hours. No, I'm just kidding. He just couldn't make it tonight. I'm Jimmy Descano. This is Corey Prescott from CLNS Radio. We're going to break down this Celtics loss tonight, 106-102. Score doesn't tell the whole story. The Celtics, they were up big in this one, 18 points in the first quarter. As we know, though, NBA leads never last, especially early leads. And this one certainly did not. Celtics, classic case of a team. They took their foot off the gas. They got too comfortable with the lead. And you know what the Mavericks did? They chipped away at it. That's what a veteran team does. You know, they got a, they got a coach who's been there for a while. They've got, obviously, extremely talented players, Dirk Nowitzki. Chandler Parsons and the whole likes. And they worked them. They worked them, and in the fourth quarter, it was their best against the Celtics' best, and the momentum was on Maver- Maverick's side, and they pulled it off. What did you see in that fourth quarter that it really turned things around? Yeah, well, I think Brad Stevens said it best at the press conference. Uh, you know, you rest on your laurels uh, with a lead, and you lose it. Um, you see that all the time in the NBA. Uh, teams have 20-point leads, uh, you know, 15-point leads going in the second half, and, you know, the leads evaporate slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mavericks are a veteran-laden team. they got high-quality players. Uh, I think Stevens described some of them as all-world players regarding, uh, you know, Darren Williams, know that. Uh, Wes Matthews, and, of course, the seven-foot German sharpshooter, Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, it was uh, a tough loss for the Celtics. They kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit, uh, you know, some defensive uh, miscommunications. Uh, you know, Sullinger kind of struggled with his shot in the end. So it was a mix of a little bit of everything, uh, you know, added with, um, you know, good Mavericks team coming into the Garden. And the Celtics, I mean, last year they were a team, they were that team that made the comebacks late in the second half. They oftentimes didn't pull them off, but they would be the team down, you know, double digits at one point in the game and they'd be fighting back. We're still seeing that fight in them at some points, especially towards the end of the games, and we'll get into that in the next segment. But I think it's a different position for them to be up 18 and to be the team in control. 
and I think they've got to learn. They have to learn from a loss like this. You know, this is how you lose games by sort of letting off. But that first quarter there, I'll tell you what, if you just tune in for that first quarter and then you, you got busy and you tuned out for a while, you're scratching your head as to what the heck happened because mm-hmm. they weren't missing a shot. Avery Bradley was on point for a good, you know, I think he scored 12 straight, if, I'm, if I recall correctly. And, um, you know, this wasn't part of the 12 straight, but he had an amazing play tonight. We're going to show you guys right now. This is the grandstand play of the game. Uh, let me get up the read here. The sports highlight, grandstand, sports highlights from fans in the stands on the new sports app, Grandstand. Grandstand. You can share your own Celtics highlights and watch other fans' videos straight from the crowd. And this play was from a, uh, you know, a putback slam from Avery Bradley. So you got Isaiah Thomas. This is the Jared Selinger for a, for a shot that I wouldn't have taken. It's a long two. And luckily, Avery Bradley crashes the boards, and he puts that thing. He's got, he's got ups. We I mean, saw it in that jump. Spurs game, right? We saw it in that Spurs. <laughs> that wasn't a one-and-done thing. And actually, yeah. after that Spurs game, Bradley said, you know, he that used to be his game. He used to be a dunker. He used to jump off of one foot. Well, he definitely jumped off of one foot there. And he was really the lifeblood of this team in that first half there. I mean, he had the garden louder than I've heard it all year. And even at yeah. most of the parts from last year. I mean, this guy was electric for a good stretch there. What do you like about him coming off the bench? More so, I like Smart and Thomas starting. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I think you could interchange Bradley and Smart. Uh, I think Smart has a little bit more potential at this point. I think they see a lot in him, so they like to keep him in the starting lineup. It seems to fit better. Mm-hmm. And we saw earlier this year where they get off to these awful starts. They just couldn't generate any offense, couldn't generate any scoring opportunities. Thomas brings that immediately. Yes. You know, he obviously has deficiencies on the defensive end, you know, his lack of size. Mm-hmm. Can't really help that. Um, you know, Bradley can come in. You saw it tonight. He played more than Smart, so it didn't really matter in the end. And I think Stevens has really uh, cemented that with his guards. Even like Evan Turner, he, he got 23 minutes mm-hmm. on the night. Um, he has a good four-guard rotation going in. Uh, but, yes, you know, starting Thomas gives the team a good scoring burst that they're not going to have with Bradley in the lineup. And it's kind of funny because that, that's absolutely true is when you do have Smart and Bradley starting, you kind of wonder where's the offense coming from. But it's funny because it was Bradley providing the offense mm-hmm. off the bench tonight. So it almost feels like whoever's in that six-man role, whether it's Thomas, whether it's Bradley, even we've seen Olenek take on you know, that seventh-man type role, he, he's the type of guy that can come in and, and score and burst as well. So, I mean, the, listen, the, the depth of this team is no secret. I think they're probably, you know, they've got the best bench in the NBA. I don't think that's a stretch. I mean, at least it's, up, it's arguably mm-hmm. the best bench in the NBA. Uh, they're definitely one of the deeper teams. You know, obviously they're not top-heavy, but we all know that, you know, they can go 10 10 strong every night, exactly. and I think that's really where they will come in and they will kind of punch the opposition's bench in the face. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the bench starters, they couldn't handle it down the stretch all the way through. It did make it interesting, though. You can never leave your seat when it comes to these Celtics games. We're going to get Don't into that leave. part two. Don't leave. So stay right here, and we'll be back. Just got to, honestly, I think you got to keep your foot on the pedal, man. Um, you just got to play the same way. It's tough, though, because um, some shots don't go down, then they may hit some shots, and you're thinking you got to be in panic mode. But the best teams just, just stay the course and play the same way for the most part and, and, and go from there. Just didn't see Felton on that last possession. Nah, I didn't. I didn't. That was a mistake of mine. Um, he gambled at the beginning, so I felt like I had some room to work. I should have just um, slowed it down a little bit, but I had Devin Harris on his heels as well. So I just, I got to be um, cautious of that and, and learn from that mistake. 
And we are back with part two of the Garden Report, powered by Grandstand. Awesome app. Download it if you haven't. And we're going to fast forward 47 minutes and 30 seconds to this game tonight. It was a great game. If you, down, if you recorded it, watch it. Maybe fast forward through a couple ugly parts in the middle of the game. But the last 30 seconds were important because the Celtics were down seven points, okay? And the fans were heading for the exits, as they should. Mm-hmm. Or not as they should, but as as I understand, I should yeah, say. Especially if you have a kid, As too, I understand. Right? It's a three-possession yeah. game. There's 30 seconds left. We've seen this play out a million mm-hmm. times. It's a weeknight. Like you said, you got kids. Last 30 seconds of an NBA game. Right. It's not 30 seconds. Exactly. <laughs> the fans were heading for the exit. So if, if they missed the ending, we might as well tell them what they missed. Down seven, Jay Crowder hits a three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Celtics play full-court defense, full-court press on the inbounds. They steal the ball. Crowder gets fouled, hits two free throws. All of a sudden, we've got ourselves a game here. Long story short, Raymond Felton goes down to hit some, his own free throws. Misses them both. Celtics are out of timeouts. Back the other way they come. Mayhem. Dork Nowitzki called it high schoolish because it was just ugly. Missed free throws. Mm-hmm. Celtics in transition. Isaiah Thomas is thinking, I'm ahead of Ray Felton, who just misses free throws. I've got one guy to beat. I'm going to drive to the hoop here, and if maybe I'll get fouled, maybe I'll hit the free throw. Loses his handle. The ball's loose. Felton, of all people, the guy who just was the GOAT, is now the hero. He steals it from Thomas. Mavs end up with the ball. They hit their free throws this time around, and that's your game. But the point is, the Celtics made something out of nothing. After blowing an 18-point lead, they could have just said, well, we really screwed this one up. Brad Stevens could have let him dribble out the clock, but no. He's going to make these guys play to the very last second, kind of like the Patriots mm-hmm. on Sunday, playing to the very last second there. What does that tell you about this team? Just Brad Stevens not going to let them quit. Uh, they have that mentality going in. They're going to fight to the end. Uh, we saw it last year. Uh, I mean, going back last year against the game mm-hmm. against um, uh, Golden State, you know, yeah. they were down like 10 in the final two minutes, and Golden State was kind of fumbling it away, and the Celtics were pressuring them. You know, the Celtics were up in this game to begin with. So they weren't yeah. going to quit anyways. Uh, you see that fight in them on a, on a nightly basis. Uh, you know, there was actually a Zaza Pachulia uh, travel mixed in there. Zaza. He had a wide open guy. layup. I hate, I hate him too. I can't I stand, can't stand that guy. <laughs> All the way back to the Hawks days. Oh, yeah, that's, where it, that's where it really stems from. Uh, but he had a wide open layup. He ends up traveling. Celtics get the ball. And that's where the last 30 seconds kind of come into play. Yeah. And mayhem ensues. Um, Obviously, Celtics wish they could have had that timeout back, but they, yes. you know, they used them up in the second half. Um, it's unfortunate. You, you'd think Isaiah Thomas could outrun Raymond Felton, but I guess Felton wanted it more and wanted the redemption a little bit more, and you know, that's how it goes. You can't blame Thomas for doing what he did, but at the same time, part of, part of me, at least watching it, was thinking, okay, there's, you know, there's a guy coming up from behind you. There's got to be some communication out there, maybe from the teammates, from his teammates, saying, hey, you know, like bring it back out, slow it down. Mm-hmm. Not that you want to slow it down and do a half-court offense, you know, when you're in transition, but at least you want to be aware of who might be around you in that in that moment. But it was a kind of amazing that they even put them, got themselves in that position to begin with. They really shouldn't have. No, they really. I mean, the Mavericks had it. They were up five with 30 seconds left, and they had the ball. Right. They were in control. They, it, it, it was like probably a thousand to one that the Mavericks were gonna. At that point, I don't know what the what the statistics would show, but I imagine that they were crazy. So that made it interesting, all for naught in the end. The Mavericks. Tell you what, in the first quarter they didn't look so hot, but they they showed me some things tonight. They listen, Mark Cuban, he got hosed in the in the offseason. We all know that DeAndre Jordan with the pump fake of the year before the season even started, told him that he was going there. Turns out, 
awesome. know, it took it took a what was it one one guy one guy took a helicopter, one guy took a boat. I think Chris Paul took a banana boat. Yeah, Chris Paul. They, yeah. they they convinced <laughs> him to stay in L.A. Cuban was clearly pissed, as he should be, because he thought he was getting Jordan. He thought he was getting West Matthews. He's putting mm-hmm. this contender together. Are they still a contender though without Jordan? I think they are. I actually this year, going into this year, I didn't think they would be. I thought they'd be you know yeah. mightling team, maybe like competing for the eighth spot. But you know they have, they have something going there. They're a really strong veteran team. Uh, obviously well coached. I mean Rick Carlisle is one of the more yeah. underrated coaches in the league. Uh, you know Darren Williams looking for redemption back in his hometown. Wes Matthews is coming off a major uh, ACL injury. But before yeah, that, Achilles. Oh Achilles. Yep, you got it. Um, but yeah, before that, I mean he's one of the best three point shooters uh, in the NBA. He's tough. We saw him defend Marcus Smart pretty well tonight. And you know, obviously they have Dirk, so anytime you have Dirk and you can yep. put some pieces around him, they're going to compete. Uh, I don't think the West is as good as we thought it would be, at least so far. No, there's a couple um, of teams that have been disappointed. Yeah, so they're going to be in it you know, going forward. Yeah, and the one word you use about Wes Matthews is tough. I mean, that dude is tough as nails. When he was with Portland last year, I know Brad Stevens particularly singled him out a couple of times last year talking about just guys who, you know, guards, like really tough guards that can do mm-hmm. a lot of things. And he showed it tonight in that fourth quarter. He had a couple of big threes. I think he had 10 points in the night. Him and D-Will combined for 21 points in that fourth quarter. I was a little skeptical about the D-Will trade. I just didn't know what, what he had left. But I think going home is really going really to kind of give him like second life type of situation. And like you said, Dirk Nowitzki, he's getting towards the end of his career. But he's not like, like there's Kobe end of your career and there's Dirk end of your career. And Dirk clearly has plenty of left to give. And I do think that that team is going to be a tough out. I'm not willing to put them in the top three or four. I think they're a five or six, mm-hmm. but they're a tough five or six. Nobody wants to play them because all, all the reasons you listed. Mm-hmm. That said, on the other end, Eastern Conference, one guy on that Mavericks, Chandler Parsons, tonight said the Celtics are definitely a playoff team in the East. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. Yes. It seems like everyone's praising the, the Celtics and Brad Stevens these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think the Celtics, uh, the Eastern Conference has definitely improved this year, but mm. it's still a little bit watered down. There's no clear-cut contenders. No. I don't even know if – I think Cleveland's a contender, but they're going through some major injuries and some major shuffling going around there. Uh, so it's really up in the air. It's, it's for the Celtics' taking. Uh, I think they have the depth for the regular season. I mean, playoffs is a different story, but, yeah, I see the Celtics getting into, like, a top – five or six seed in the Eastern Conference. And I think it's just interesting that, you know, this is a team a couple years ago, they couldn't they couldn't sniff a win against the Western Conference team, and now they're actually really impressing these Western Conference teams. They're beating mm-hmm. them, yep. and when they're losing, they're still impressing them. So that says a lot. And you know what? It doesn't really matter where the Celtics finish this year because they've got the, new, they got the Brooklyn Nets pick, and that we know is going to be a very, very high pick. So we'll leave you on that note. we got the Brooklyn Nets on Friday, and hopefully that's one more loss that we can add to their growing list. So for Corey Prescott, I'm Jimmy Toscano. Jared Weiss should be back with us on Friday. We will see if he finds a parking spot. Until then, see you next time. Thanks, guys. Um, same lineup? Yeah. Is that something that you're um, maybe thinking of sticking with... Uh you know, I'm just I'm, I'm just kind of playing it by ear, playing it day to day. You know, we, we when I, when we first brought Avery back, um, you know, I was the one that wanted to make sure that we didn't overextend him, and I thought the easiest way to do that would be to bring him off the bench. And then we won and played the next night. Felt pretty good about it. Now we're playing the next night. Feel pretty good about it. We'll, we'll just see. But you know, I, as I said after the game, I, you know, I think ultimately um, we probably have five starters on those perimeter guys and. 
they could start any given night. How do you think the trade with Dallas has worked out? Uh, Crowder's playing well for you, Dallas playing well for you. You obviously still have the draft. Well, you know, um, you know, obviously, they 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 had a had a really good player in Rondo, and it didn't work out. Um, and Dwight's been great, and Dwight is, you know, to average ten and a half and eight right now, like he is, and all the different things he's doing. Um, you know, is you know, it's really credit to him. We really liked Dwight, and we were, you know, it was it was one of those deals where we had to, from what I remember, we had to make a roster decision because we had an extra body now. And so it was, it was great that they didn't have an extra roster spot um, so that we could add him into the deal until he would be there. And then he's thrived and he's a perfect fit for them. Um, and obviously Crowder's done well for us. That's been pretty well documented. So, um, you know, I, I think I'm not into like judging or analyzing or rating how trades go. I'm just more interested in who's on our team and how they're playing. And I'm happy for Dwight, um, certainly. Is there extra incentive to beat Dallas because you couldn't get their first round? Not, I mean, not for me. I mean, I'm just, we're just trying to beat a really good basketball team. I mean, we don't think about all that stuff. You know, first and foremost, I think it's, you know, we're we're in a in a business where expectations. Um, you know, certainly drive decisions at times. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't agree with the firing, but it's not my choice to make. Um, I think that Kevin is a great coach. Kevin's been great to me. Kevin is a, obviously a great Celtic. Um, people love him everywhere they've been. Everybody that you hear from loves working with him, loves being around him. So, you know, to me, it looks, you know, to me from the outside looking in, it, it looks like, you know, 11 games in, making a rash decision. But again, it's not my call, and I'm not going to be the one that can appropriately analyze that because I'm not in there every day. But I, you know, I, I send my best to Kevin and wish him nothing but the best, and he'll be coaching, you know, again when he wants to be because he's a really good coach. Is he any particular help to you? I have not talked to him a ton. I'm just in passing. Um, he and Danny are really good friends, but. Um, I don't know them. I don't know them overly well. I can just judge on how their team did. And you know, last year I thought that team did as well as they could have done. Well, Crowder's a terrific player, and we knew he was, um, you know, a rising star with us. Um, you know, we had heard good things about Powell, and uh, after the trade, I talked to Brad, and Brad said, "Hey, you know, we really like this guy. Didn't want to give him up." but they had to put some other things in the deal. So um, Powell's worked extremely hard. You know, he's a guy that has great energy, goes hard all the time, he's got, he's got skill, um, and he's a great worker. So, you know, we, um, we've really needed him this year, and he's stepped up and he's, and he's played well. And he's playing two positions, um, and he's, you know, defending multiple positions. So he's really an important guy for us. Rick, what have you seen on film from Marcus Smart and how he's been able to be so successful? Well, he's a terrific two-way player. You know, he's a guy that can guard any perimeter position. He's got great strength. Um, he's got the ability to shoot the ball long range. You know, he really hurt Oklahoma City with his post-up game. You know, with his power on the inside. Um, and it's just, you know, he's a a, a big-time competitor. 
you know. I mean, with with him, Crowder, and Bradley, you know, on the perimeter, and those guys' ability to guard the ball and get after the ball, um, you know, they they have they have some real weapons there defensively. Coach, you've had one of the highest scoring benches your whole time, pretty much in Dallas. But what exactly do you need from this actual current bench this season? Well, we you know we've constructed a deep roster. Um, and the reason is obvious. Um, it's a long season. You know, we've built this thing on depth and, you know, strength in numbers really ever since I've been here. And, uh, you know, you just, you have to have the extra bodies. You have to have the ability to, to bring energy into the game and scoring and defense. And so, you know, that's our approach. Um, most teams are doing it the same way now. Come on through, Dirk. What do you think of the Celtics bench? I think they're leading the league in scoring, so they're pretty damn good, you know. I mean, I don't know what else there's to say about them, you know. Um, and they've got, you know, they've got a, an overflow of, of good players. I mean, there aren't enough minutes for all their big guys, and they've got you know, a couple of their big guys that are you know, playing relatively low minutes just because there's only a finite number of minutes. So, um, you know, they're in a strong position, and those guys all have value, and, you know. I, I give Danny um, Ainge a, a lot of credit for the way he's turned the roster around and accumulated assets. And uh, you know they're they're in great position. They're building a, a contender. Rick, as you get the opportunity to play more close games like Monday night, how do you feel like your late game execution and how Darren specifically is running the offense? How do you feel like that's developing in those late game situations? Well, we haven't had a lot of these. You know, the, the preseason was, you know kind of a, an anomaly just because of everything that was going on with guys sitting out, injuries and rehab guys. Um, so, you know, we're picking up these end of game situations a bit on the fly. Um, and, you know, we did, did a good job closing the game the other night. It's a hard game um, with, with scrappy defenders and a, you know, a desperate team. And um, there will certainly be many more of those. So, you know, we got to keep building on that. Celtics are celebrating the 30 years anniversary of the 86 title team here. Do you think that's the best team of all time? Yes. It's either that or the 2011 Mavericks team. I would give a slight nod to the 86 team. Which had a better bench? Which had a better bench? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a tough one. I'll have to get back to you on that. Do you remember? What's that? I'm sorry. I talked about that this morning. You know, I was very, you know. Extremely surprised that uh, you know, Mikhail was let go. You know, here's a guy that has such amazing integrity as a person. Um, you, you watch him on the sidelines, and he's you know he walks with a limp because of the sacrifices he made to be one of the greatest champions in history. And you know, he uh, he loves and respects the game so much. Um, it's uh, it's surprising when something like this happens, shocking even. Um, but he's going to be fine. He's going to get a chance to get some rest here. He'll probably, who knows, probably jump on TV and have a blast doing that. And then there'll be a lot of teams wanting to hire him because he did a fantastic job in Houston. And if you look at their team over the last few years, you know, their roster was constantly in flux. And he just did uh, he did an amazing job, you know, putting that thing together. And then you know. Bringing those guys back from down 3-1, you know, last year to get to the conference finals. I mean, you know, that's a guy with some great coaching credentials, and you know, 
the other championship credentials, you know, really go without saying. Coach, how has Darren Williams been different from the other point cards you've had in Dallas? Uh, he's just different. He's a different style of player, you know. Um, we haven't had. Uh, well, actually, you know, Jason Kidd was a bigger, bigger type point guard, but Jason wasn't the same kind of scorer that uh, that Darren is. Um, you know, I, you know, I've been a such a huge admirer of Darren's game for so many years. You know, we were thrilled to have the opportunity to acquire him um, and bring him back home. Uh, you know, he had a frustrating preseason because of nagging injuries and you know things like that. But he's been able to get some rhythm and you know get some um, I think continuity with new teammates and stuff like that. And he's He's terrific, and I and I've really enjoyed you know working with him, and and uh, you know just looking forward to keep keeping moving forward with him. What about his game did you admire? Well, he's a great scorer, great size and strength. He could hurt you inside, outside. Uh, I always thought he was a strong defender. Um, you know, in um, in Utah, he had some monster games against us. We played them more frequently. You know, when he was in the West. Um, and then, when, you know, whenever we played Brooklyn, he he teed off on us big time, especially when he came back to Dallas. You know, so I was anxious to get him back home, playing for playing on our team instead of somebody else's. What were what was Thomas trying to do there? Did he lose, just lose track of Felton? What do you think went on there? Well, Felton was clearly behind him, um, and he had it going in that direction, and. You know, we, we look like we might even have an advantage break at one point during that, so that happens. I mean, I, I mean that was one that was certainly a play that, um, you know, Isaiah would like to have back, but that wasn't what lost us a game. I thought that, uh, you know, we had too many spurts of, um, you know, not urgent enough play, and that probably hurt us more. The um, the two Wesley Matthews three pointers. Killers. After, yeah, can you both off offensive rebounds, right? Yeah. After he missed the first one, first of all, it takes a lot of toughness to hit that second one after you miss the first one in one possession. But those are killers. And that was that was a that was a those were big moments in the game. Did you expect difficulty tonight after the two game trip? I mean, well, I expected difficulty because they're really talented. Yeah. I mean, Darren Williams, Wesley Matthews, Parsons, Nowitzki, those guys are player players. Like those guys are good players, and and not let alone all the other guys that made great plays for them. So um, that's a good basketball team. They're eight and four for a reason. And you know we played well for a quarter and then snippets after that, but not well enough to win. Brad, what do you think of the of the spark that Avery has given you off the bench over the last few games? Well, I, I don't think it matters starting her off the bench. I just yeah. think he's a good player, and you know he. He came in and, and made a bunch of shots in a flurry tonight. He's very capable of doing that, um, whether he starts or not. And I mean, you have so many guards that can start. So how valuable is that to have these interchangeable guys? Well, I mean, it's valuable. We, uh, you know, obviously, again, I don't know that, you know, he he'll start or come off the bench as we move forward. But he he played well and did a lot of good things. And if somebody else is in that role, then we'll need them to lift us like he is. Is there anything to learning how to close teams out, or is it are you just bound to even out when you build a big lead like that? You know that's a great question. I mean, I think I think the the lead was so early that it 
you know, you have so much game left that inevitably, I mean, we were down 30-something at their place last year and had a chance to win. I mean, it's so hard to rest on the laurels of a lead in this league. It's just they go too quick, um, especially when, you know, was it in the first quarter that we had the 18-point lead? So, you know, there's a lot of game left to be played. We just didn't play well enough. At that point, Avery got his third foul, and did that kind of change the what you were trying to do? Um, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I, we played him again, so I'm going to throw those guys in. I'm not too worried about foul trouble because of our depth, and so I wasn't. You know, we played him again in the second quarter. You know, I wasn't going to limit his minutes just because he had three fouls. Change there. And, uh, Um, you know, they uh, got on and ran themselves, you know, and, um, you know, they made a couple of great plays and the ball bounced away a few times and, um, you know, we had a couple of shots that stuck on the rim and things like that and, they, you know, it's a tough, you know, it's just tough in it. So. In the third quarter, a lot of fouls in that third quarter, is that kind of, Bring momentum in the game to kind of halt, so almost kind of start up again at the point. Yeah, I mean, it slows it down a little bit, but um, you know, anytime you get a team to align so much, it you know it gets tough. Yeah, you know, we struggle with it versus um, Indiana Pacers and stuff. It's hard to guard. You know, we play physical, so that's that's pretty tough. Is this a team you have to keep out of the half court? You know, I think push the ball. I think you gotta keep them, you know, off the you know foul line to some extent, and you have to, you know. Not give them anything to a certain extent because they, like you see, they can make one or two shots and get going. And then they a lot of shots came on second, you know, second attempts. You know, I think West Matthews hit three uh, threes off, yeah, off the second attempt along you know, with a couple other players, and they made some big plays. Is there anything the team can do to, I guess, learn? I you're still young and learn to play together when you have an 18-point lead and learn how to hold it or how to maintain it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, once again, we keep them off the foul line. We have to take care of the ball. You know, execution has to always be there. But, you know, um, you know, at, at the same time, you know, we just have to, you know, really just keep keep being aggressive. And I think to a certain extent we were being aggressive. And, uh, you know, we made certain mistakes. But at the same time, you know, it, 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 you know, it's tough to, you know, when you can't guard them, you know what I'm saying, in certain instances. And getting to the free throw line, is, it definitely makes – Changes the game, and they did a great job of drawing fouls and stuff like that. What do you say to uh, Isaiah? It's like a tough final minute like that when you kind of have the chance and slips away. I mean, it's not you know new day tomorrow. Just bounce, you know, let it bounce off. Um, he's played uh, big enough in the clutch in his you know whole career, and um, leave it at that. That's it. It's over. How do you think uh, Avery's provided the spark for you guys off the bench over the last few games? Um, he's done a great job. You know, he's came out great offensively. Um, obviously, defensively, he. Uh, He's always been good, but offensively, his shots been going in. He's been uh, been confident. He's been leading us, you know, offensive, offensive. Just didn't see Felton on that last possession. Nah, I didn't. I didn't. That was a mistake of mine. Um, he gambled at the beginning, so I felt like I had some room to work. I should have just um, slowed it down a little bit, but I had Devin Harris on his heels as well, so I just. I got to be um, cautious of that and, and learn from that mistake. Before that last turn, Isaiah, from your perspective, what allowed them to finally get over the hump? Because they made a lot of charges that you guys were able to push them back until four minutes. Um, 
I don't know, honestly. I just gotta, I gotta watch the film. Um, I know one thing, we just took our foot off the pedal. That whole second half was different from the first half. Knowing 48 minute game is not all gonna be the same. I mean, it's not always gonna be high. You're gonna have some lows in the game, but um, it even out, it, it evens out, and you just gotta capitalize on, on each opportunity, and, and we didn't tonight. Did it, from your perspective, did it seem that they tried to attack you specifically more than most teams? Nah, they posted Parsons twice, and Darren Williams had two posters. So, if, if that's if that's out of the ordinary, then I guess so. You guys have had a lot of success, kind of coming from behind. It's almost kind of this this team's mindset that you're out. You know, you always know you're going to come back and make these runs, and you take it personal. Is there something you have to do to like learn to play with leads? Just gotta, I, honestly, I think you gotta keep your foot on the pedal, man. Um, you just gotta play the same way. It's tough though, because um, some shots don't go down, then they may hit some shots, and you're thinking you gotta be in panic mode. But the best teams just just stay the course and play the same way for the most part, and and, and go from there. When you said taking your foot off the pedal, does that apply to what you were doing defensively? Uh, yeah, in all areas, in all areas. The first half we. We guarded them pretty well on all the actions that they wanted to um, run. Second half, Dirk got a, a few open shots. He got going a little bit, and and they they got us on the offensive rebounds in that second half because they had a couple three pointers where they, they shot three pointer, got a rebound, and hit a nothing, didn't hit a three pointer. And those those are devastating. So um, we got to learn from that and, and pick it up. You guys have a bunch of guards that can either come off the bench or start and still perform well. How valuable is that to be interchangeable like that? Um, it's very valuable. Um, the more, the better, I guess. Um, we have a lot of a lot of different guys on this team that can do different things and do it at a high level. And we believe in each other, and that's what it's about. So we gotta um, have a short memory and get get ready for Friday. Okay, what changed after the first quarter? Uh, we slowed up, not stop playing uh, up and down, start playing a half court offense. They got going offensively in the second half. I mean, did defensively, did you guys just not get after it enough? Oh, well, yeah, I felt like we had a couple of letdowns. Um, every other possession, we can't be like that. We've got to be string stops together and play the way we want to play, which is get out and run and use our. Um, Athleticism against a team like that, we've got to get up and down, not play half court because it's feeding to what they, how the type of play they want to play. You obviously blew an 18-point lead, but yet you guys got down by a bunch, and then you didn't quit. You, I mean, some people were leaving. You guys didn't quit. You got a three-pointer, a couple of free throws. We're never going to quit. Man. We're not built like that. We're going to keep fighting um, no, matter what, no, matter, no matter what the score, no matter the opponent. But we're going to come out and fight. How was it facing the former team? Like I expected. Uh, it was fun. It was a fun game, but uh, disappointed in the way. Um, you just gotta, you gotta stay solid. That's about it. And um, I mean, we got good looks. They just didn't go down. I Me mean, in particular. So um, I'm gonna promise y'all that won't happen again. Considering the way you guys have been playing, a little surprised they got to you guys on the offensive glass so um, you know, sometimes it's kind of tough, uh, especially when they shoot that many threes. Um, there's going to be a lot of long rebounds. So, um, I mean, sometimes we're in scramble mode, especially when you got somebody like Jake out there where you really got to pay attention on the perimeter. So, um, you know, we got practice tomorrow and we're back at it on Friday. Any questions?
you said you guys weren't solid enough. What did you think were the areas that that really showed itself? Just offensively, offensively and defensively. Um, we took a lot of gambles, but um, sometimes that's the way that, that's the way it goes. And we, we're going to pick it up. We're going to pick it up. The one thing about this team is we don't hang our heads about, about you know things like this. Um, we're going we're to come back into the gym. Uh, we're going to do our work and go on to the next one. Evan was just saying um, it's tough to play defense when you're in the penalty so early in that third quarter. Did that affect you? Yeah, because we're, we're a physical team. We like to play physical. When you're, when you're in the penalty that early, you kind of got to back off a little bit. You um, can't play as physical, especially when they're calling the calls the way they called it. Um, we'll be all right, though. You can just talk to Isaiah after the game and all? Yeah, you know, we always talk after the game. You know? It is what it is, you know. We, we lost and we got more games. And, you know, on Friday, it, it's a big one. We just got to win. Jared, on the two layups, how do you not, I mean, you didn't hit. You brush that off. How do you not get frustrated? Or you get frustrated, but you I mean, it is, what, is it, it is what it is, you know. I've been playing like that all my life, um, especially being the biggest, biggest one out there on the court. Um, you just got to keep playing. You just got to keep playing. And it is what it is. Move forward.